Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And it is Leaf Blower Day over here in South Park. <laughs> And it is trash day at my house. Mm-hmm. And I think that those two things are a testimony to the fact that we are still working remotely, you and your house and That's me right. and mine, yes. and gathering together here to record this podcast separate and yet together. Leaf blowers and garbage trucks are the signs <laughs> of quarantine for you, for the podcast. Those are the quarantine indicators. So pay attention to what's in the background, <laughs> um, but maybe let it become white noise as much as possible. Um. Mm. Well, here we are. Uh, it's just Charlotte and I today, um, and we are going to be talking about the gospel reading for May 10th, which is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14. But first, uh, we're just going to do a little bit of checking in uh, with one another and ask, first I'll ask Charlotte, where did you see God this week, Charlotte, in the world um, it's interesting because, you know, we're all separated at this point, and really the people that you interact with most are your own circle of friends, your family, and, and all of that. But I had an experience this morning that was, well, it actually just filled my heart up, and I teared up when I opened an email. Um, and that sounds like a really unusual place to interact with God, but I assure you that I did this morning. Um, so one of my many ministry contexts is that I'm also the chaplain of Christchurch Day School, and we are hosting chapel weekly on Zoom um, so that the kids can see and interact with all of us. And instead of having a class chaplain from each grade, which is what we usually do for morning prayer, and they have a prayer that they offer for it, instead we are having a weekly chaplain. And this week's chaplain is one of our sixth grade students, and I had sent her the four topics that we were going to pray about this week and ask her if she wanted me to write the prayers or if she wanted to pick two and write prayers of her own. And this morning at 7.48 a.m., I received an email from her with the prayers that she had written. Hmm. And she had selected for her two prayers to write a prayer for our school and a prayer for our community. And the prayer for our school was not for her friends, not for her classes, not for activities, but she chose to pray for the teachers Mm. um, and to talk about how she is still learning so much and she is so grateful for all of their hard work and how she sees it and just asking God to bless them with patience and love and energy because she recognizes how much they're doing. And in that moment, I just had this overwhelming feeling of God's presence in that and how we care for each other and how we recognize in each other the good that each person is doing. Mm-hmm. And to have that come from an 11-year-old, right, like that, that that visibility and that clarity and that openness to God's presence and at work in the love that she's receiving from her teachers was just such a blessing to me. Yeah. That's awesome. My... Um... Mine is actually from this morning as well, around the same time. I mm. Yeah. Um, every day, George, who, my son, who is 
uh, almost, he'll be two in July. So he's about 21 months old. Uh, and when I, when he makes enough noise that I wake up, I go in <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you know, now in quarantine, I don't have anywhere to be really physically. So I'm just going to be home. So, um, sometimes you just hang out in his room and this morning, uh, he was playing with blocks and I had this moment of just like sitting there. The The way I saw the, the, the closeness I felt to God was just like he was concentrating so hard on putting these blocks together and he's like squatting down and looking at them and just like the sound of his breathing when he's concentrating is like so rhythmic and grounding for me and it was like i don't know i just like felt god's presence so clearly in that moment in in his breath you know like and just sitting there and it was quiet and the the leaf blowers hadn't started yet and it was just awesome you know and yeah. i was like oh this is what i'm going to say in the podcast today i could i just like knew it right then so i don't know it's just little things like that and uh Little moments of quiet whenever they happen are just like such amazing blessings right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I so, love that. And that was right around seven forty-five. Also, yeah. so hey, see, God was busy at seven forty-five. I know, lots going on. Um, okay, so thank you for sharing that, Charlotte. Um, we are going now to move into the gospel for today. We're each going to highlight a point and then uh, collaborate on a third point together. Um, the, but first we want to let you know that we want to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, please email us faith to go at edsd.org. Uh, if there's a resource you absolutely love that you don't see on the faith to go website, or you're looking for a resource that's not there, we'd love to hear that kind of feedback too. You can contact us also through that website where you can find all the faith to go resources, myfaith2go.org, And you can contact us through Instagram, follow us on Instagram at faith to go So we are going to get into the uh, gospel reading for Easter 5, uh, which is May 10th, and it is from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we are going to take some time to highlight some points that you can take into your week of discussion or reflection. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? 
Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. All right, so uh, we are in chapter 14 here. Which, if you remember from last week, we were in chapter 10. So we're four chapters later in John's Gospel still. And this section of John's Gospel is referred to as the Farewell Discourse. It is these chapters leading up to Jesus' arrest and suffering and crucifixion, where he's in Jerusalem uh, with his disciples. So right now, we are going back in time, and we are in Holy Week again. But we are reading it in Easter so that we can read it through the lens of what we know will happen, which is the death and the resurrection of Jesus, having just heard all of those resurrection stories. So now we're reading Jesus's words. Jesus kind of, he's, he's giving these parting words to his disciples to get them ready for what's going to happen, to let them know um, what kind of support they're going to receive when Jesus is gone. At this point, they have heard Jesus talking about going, but he does, they don't really know what's going to happen. Now we're having, we have the opportunity to read it backwards through the resurrection, through Easter season, and, and then make sense of these words that Jesus told his disciples before he died. So that's where we are, and uh, Charlotte has the first point. I do. I have the first point, and I am going to start right at the beginning of this section, um, especially because I feel like the words that we're going to read there or that we just read there are so important for all of us right now and also seem somewhat unattainable at the same time. Because right at the beginning of this section, we have Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not... I'm not laughing because those are funny words, but certainly right now, I think that many of us, if not all of us, are feeling troubled, stressed, overwhelmed. Um, we're looking for light in lots of places for clarity on what the road ahead looks like. But do not let your hearts be troubled is intended to reassure in a place where the disciples were feeling really troubled, right? Mm -hmm. And certainly that comes similarly to where we are. And so following that, it says, believe in God, believe also in me, and in my house there are many dwelling places. And I was thinking about that as it relates to our current situation in our own houses. Jesus is not talking about our house in this, certainly we all know that, but right now the places that we dwell are the same four walls that we dwell in every day. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't get to go to work. Most all of us don't get to go to church. If we leave the four walls that we're in, perhaps it's to go to the grocery store or the pharmacy. But other than that, where we dwell, where we live, is the same four walls every single day. And a reminder that how we dwell in that place is really important. 
It's where we eat. It's where we interact with the people that we love. If we're blessed enough to have others in our home with us and honoring the fact that not everybody has that blessing. It's where we do our work. Um, um, It's if we exercise where we exercise, everything is happening within the same place and we dwell there. But how do we dwell there with God? How do we make room for that relationship with God in this same place that is also doing all of those other things and is also the place where we journey through our emotions? It's where we feel our frustration. It's where we feel our anger. It's where we are short-tempered. It's where we are sad. Um, All of those things happen within these same four walls where we dwell. And finding room and space for sanctuary in that becomes increasingly more important right now. Mm -hmm. Um, To set aside, it's funny, David, because what you offered is where you saw God today just goes directly to this, right? That it's it's really hard to get quiet, Mm -hmm. um, to be with God. It's really, and listening to George's breath, it was very moving to me to listen to you tell that because I was thinking about, yes, even the rhythm of our breath Mm -hmm. can be a place of sanctuary. It can be a place of connection to God. And so during Holy Week, one of the activities that we did was setting an altar, making sacred space in our house. And we used that to connect all through Holy Week. And some people have spaces like that in their house. But if you don't, even just that quietness of breath, that quiet time, Um, can really be an opportunity to dwell and to be with God. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're somebody who's a little more like me, I need activity um, as in order to quiet myself. So one of the things that I've taken up in this time is I'm teaching myself embroidery, something I've never done before, um, because having something to do with my hands allows my heart and my mind to get quiet. And that allows me even better to connect with God is part of that. So having an activity, whether that's praying in color or doing embroidery or baking bread or any of those things that we do, exercise can be a prayer practice. Mm -hmm. But finding a way to take this four walls that we are dwelling in and using them to create a sacred place, a sanctuary where we can get closer to God I think is becoming more and more important to us, especially in this time of fear and worry, because we don't, I don't know that it's possible to not let our hearts be troubled, but it is possible to use, to give that trouble to God, to take that sacred space and to say, hey, this is where I am right now. I'm going to quiet myself and God, I'm coming to be with you. And I'd like to take this trouble and lay it at your feet. Mm Yeah, and I I love that because it it also gives it also goes to this what you, this idea that um, in this second verse when Jesus says believe in God believe also in me after he says do not let your hearts be troubled this word believe is the same word that we we could translate as trust mm. and I think that there's a lot to say i think there's a significant difference in the way we think about these two terms if we say trust rather than believe because believe kind of like crystallizes into into dogmas and doctrines qu- quite easily and to trust in something is is to believe in its capacity to to unfold before us you know in a trusty way and to and to follow 
in a way that we both know and don't know what's going to happen, but we know that something is going to happen, you know, and like in this moment where there is so much uncertainty, there's cert- we can certainly trust in these words from Jesus, but that doesn't mean that we know exactly what's going to happen. We do know what the process is going to look like. And, and that kind of, and that is, that is kind of my, the point that I want to make from this gospel is Jesus is talking about himself. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And this is again, a statement that in, 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 in a modern, in some modern Christian contexts or a lot of them really, um, and, and, and historically in some Christian contexts gets kind of like gets crystallized and, and concretized in this way that that takes the kind of like human uh, transformative um, uh, reality of Jesus being a human with a life out of this and makes it again like a doctrinal statement of belief that that gives us a way to distinguish those people who believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life from those people who don't believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life which I think is pretty much exactly the opposite of what Jesus was trying to do by saying this thing. Because what, what he says it, not in response to Thomas asking Jesus, who are you? No. He, Thomas's question is, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, which to me is a similar thing to Jesus saying, follow me in other gospels, right? So when... And remember, this is before the cross and the resurrection and all that stuff. So when Jesus is saying, I am the way and the truth and the life, he's talking about something extremely dynamic, as dynamic as being human, which he was, you know? So to say that this is like a confession of belief to say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, maybe that's great. That would be believing in Jesus. But do we trust that Jesus is telling us something that is true, that Jesus is that Jesus is that the, that the arc of Jesus's life and the journey that he was about to go on is also the journey that we are called to go on if we want to follow him to this place that he's talking about, you know, and that doesn't and that can happen while we are stuck in a certain a specific physical location. Because in this moment, there are a lot of things to grieve. There are a lot of people are dying, jobs are dying. You know, my like expectations for the future are dying away. My certainty of what is going to be true in however many months is dying. Those things are dying. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying here, Believing that I am the way and the truth and the life is not a promise that everything's going to be fine, that you're going to be okay, that you're not going to suffer. It's actually quite the opposite. And, but to know that the suffering, if you walk, if you continue to walk this path, if you go on the way and you trust in the truth of it and you live out this life that I am living, then we will get to, we're going somewhere together. You know, and it's unfolding and it's it's still uncertain, but there is something trusty about it. And and I don't know where else to turn in this moment in history, you know, where there is so little to know 
But there is so yeah. much to trust. There's so much to to trust in in what Jesus is saying. And and I think it's similar to what he said last week about being the gate. You know, he's inviting us into something, not to believe something. So I'm just going to carry with me today that there is so little to know, but so much to trust. Yeah. I don't know what to believe right now. I don't know what is coming now next, but I do know that I can trust Mm -hmm. even on the days it's hard. Right. Yeah. And I also think that that actually segues into the third point that you and I are going to share, Mm -hmm. which comes all the way down at the end of the reading because it, we hear at the end of the reading that I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In my name, if you, you ask me for anything, I will do it. Well, great. <laughs> I would like to go to the park and have a picnic with my friends, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what was meant right there. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. I think that, I think, again... If, as we just talked about this way truth and life thing being like a process, an ongoing, unfolding process, I think that that's what Jesus is again inviting us into here, and he makes these caveats, right? It's not, whatever you ask for, I'll give it to you. That's not what he says. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you, and it will be done. And it will be done so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And... We can think about it like this, I think. It's like it's similar to in the Lord's Prayer when, it, when we say, when Jesus teaches his disciples to say, um, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like if we are opening ourselves up to this process of this unfolding way and truth and life, and, and if we're genuinely asking for things in the name of Jesus, then we are asking for things that we trust to, be, to have been his priorities for the world, you know, for his mission. And those things aren't just whatever thing willy-nilly we would like to be true today, tomorrow, or yesterday, but more so about aligning ourselves with this truth of the universe that he embodied, that he incarnated, that if we are aligning ourselves with those truths, with his, with those priorities, then we are glorifying the Father in the Son, you know, like that we are bringing about the thing that Jesus was hoping to bring about. Yeah. Right. And I think that also when you, when you think of it that way, it's more of, this is what I'm willing to work for, mm-hmm. right? Like that I am praying about this. I realize that this is following Jesus. This is following the way it embodies the truth. It is the life, mm-hmm. right? And I am willing to work to be your hands and feet in this world to do that. So I'm praying about it in your name, mm-hmm. also letting you know my intention, letting you know what is written on my heart mm-hmm. and and how I plan to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is three points. Three points. Yeah. Uh, number one point uh, was Charlotte's, and it was about this um, first verse uh, about um, rooms, Jesus preparing rooms in a mansion and how we can prepare, you know, spaces and places and, and ways for ourselves to be at peace and, you know, feeling God's presence in this moment when we can't go to any other rooms than the rooms that are in our houses, uh, if we have houses at all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, number two was mine, and it was about just kind of emphasizing the the dynamism uh, rather than the static, um, you know, like dogmatic belief of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. That is an invitation to a journey. And then the third one was the one we collaborated on, and that was about prayer and asking for things in the name of Jesus, which means more, we think, than just saying Jesus' name at the end of a prayer, but is more about being in line with uh, Jesus' priorities, uh, our priorities being in line with Jesus's. So uh, we commend this, uh, these 14 verses to you, John 14, 1 through 14, for Easter 5, uh, the Sunday of May 10th. Uh, we invite you to read that those verses again, see if you uh, see anything or hear anything different that time through after hearing our conversation about it. We want to hear from you about your conversations, questions, comments from your week of faith discussion. Uh, you can email us, faithtogo.edsd.org. You can contact us through our website with all the resources, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can contact us through Instagram at faith2go. And that's pretty much it. So uh, we will be uh, back in your feed May for the, for the week leading up to May 17th. And until then, we say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.